everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with Demi Adijuibe. Did I say it right? You said it perfectly. It's because you said... So you came on the show with Kevin because yes. you guys are Gilmore guys. Correct. Um, and you, when you came on, you said it's Did You eBay? Yes. And that... I know that you've gone viral in a number <laughs> of different ways. Like you have a tweet that got like a hundred thousand likes yeah um and you're a you were a vine star yeah but for people who are like okay that's enough but also you write for good place and the new yorker you've done an amazing number of things but what i was going to say is in all the ways you've gone viral i think the most viral for my brain is just the pronunciation of your last name because i will never forget it now oh that's perfect because when you started you uh, were like i'm sitting here with my brain just went into like oh no i forgot to tell her and then (laughs) You you nailed it. No. So, but is it is it actually a did you eBay? Did yeah. or it's I think it's more like a did you eBay. Say it again. A did you eBay. No, I think it's more like <laughs> it, it might be. Who's to say? <laughs> I mean, I pro- probably you. I feel like most of the time I've heard it pronounced from my parents. It's been to people like in it's it's like over the phone they need to pronounce it in a certain way so right. people know how to spell it like i know a lot of my t- times my mom will say did you yigbe just so they spell the silent parts but right because there is a why there's that y yeah just hanging out in the middle the that's right yeah it's well, a weird name yes but now that there's this little mnemonic device right it's like the most fun you'll never forget it thank god there's an ebay though I know. I could have been really screwed if they just called it like the store. Right. And Demi, though, that's the full, right? That's not short for anything? Oh, no, that is short for something. <gasps> Here and we go. there's no mnemonic for this. It's Olua Demalade. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's how fun. That's even more fun. So say your whole name. Olua Demalade, Olua Femi Adijuibe. And you're Irish. I am Irish. It's weird. No. <laughs> Nigerian. So you were born in London. Yeah. But you only lived there for a few months. Mm-hmm. Or a, a few years. I lived there until I was about, I want to say like two and a half, because I know we moved just before my sister was born and she mm-hmm. uh, was born in Texas. Right. And she was born when I was three. And then you went to Texas. Yes. Talk me. Okay. You went to Texas. I know you went to U- University of Texas, mm-hmm. Austin. Yes. Yeah with kevin but you guys didn't know each other there it was like a sliding door scenario right. like as he was leaving i started there and then you came to la mm-hmm. to intern yeah i uh i did an internship with ben stiller's company for a bit and then i just crashed on a friend's couch for four months until i got another job and the dream at that point was to work in, in movies right yeah just to have any sort of job in la like i was so i went to school for film and when I, while i was there i was like what i want to do is write for television mm-hmm. and then by the time i got out i was just like honestly right now i'll take anything right a thing i forgot until i went back and listened uh to part of the episode that you did before i forgot how crazy young you are <laughs> and as soon as i heard that i was like oh fuck this guy but i don't i mean i mean that in, in a kind way right i mean it in a like you've done so much for being what are you now 24 yeah my god and you were 22 when you came on the show i'm gonna be 25 soon so that's older right <laughs> it is it is it's younger than a lot but it's yeah. still i mean you know what it's just because i'm now on the other side of everything you are not <laughs> i am I, it's one foot in the grave over here um no now that i'm you just had a child <laughs> i know it's That's a miracle one of... foot in the grave <laughs> thank you um but 
now that I'm on the other side of it, 25 sounds so young, but there was a time, and you're not even 25 yet, but there was a time that I think that that was just regarded as like, yeah, that's the age that you go out and do shit. Yeah. But those times have passed. I feel like I don't do shit, though. I feel like more than any, like I'll leave work and then just go home and maybe watch TV and go to sleep or surf on the internet. Like, I, I don't do 25-year-old things. Hmm. I feel like I feel more older than I am. Have you always been that way? Generally, I think just for a lot of my life, I've always been around people who are older than me, like, at least by a little bit. And then when I started working, it was like constantly everyone was older than me. And I just, I don't know, something like spiritually, I just feel like I'm an old person. Like, my back hurts all the time. I'm very <laughs> grumpy. Like, genuinely, I have, I also feel like, if I if I meet people and I talk to them before they learn how old I am, I'll ask them how old they think I am, and they'll always say something older. Mm-hmm. So you might then like pat. Wait, no, you're saying that you at a certain point you might find that then you like pass yourself where you seem younger than you are. Like you might just stay at a certain in a it's certain possible. way. Yeah. Like uh, I've got like a mental uh, Benjamin Button thing where like as I, I'll get older, yes. but I'll always be thirty. Right. Hmm. I mean, who knows? Who knows? We'll have to wait. I'll come back on the show and we'll see. Because at one point, I think I was regarded as mature, and I suspect that's not the case anymore. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of myself, I have to tell you because I'm, I'm curious if you go through this. When I went back to listen to to uh, part of the episode, I was like, "Well, it's finally happened." I hate listening to my voice. I hate it. I I couldn't listen to any of the Gilmore Guys episodes that we did. And there were some where I weren't there or where I wasn't there and I would go and listen to it. And I was like, this is pleasant. I get why people (laughs) like this. And then I would go listen to any of the ones that people were like, I love this one. If I was on it, I'd just be like, I can't do it. Hmm. It's I I can't do it at all. Did you see? Because for me, I think everyone starts out hating the sound of their voice recorded because it sounds different than how you hear it in your head. Yeah. But then if you do it a lot you get to a point where you're very used to it. So this is shocking for me to now be like, nope, now I hate it again. Yeah. I think because Kevin was the one that was always editing it, mm-hmm. for me, there was a disconnect. Uh, but like, even just in the moment of when we were recording and I would hear my own voice through my headphones, I just always get this like weird tense up of like, I don't, I don't like how this feels. <laughs> uh, it, like, it's like there's a filter over my voice, but it was, it's always been a thing where I don't like it right yeah so let's get back to how ridiculously young you are and yet how accomplished you are how is it that at age 23 i'm just gonna keep i'm gonna keep de-aging you all right how is it at 23 you are writing for a hit tv show and writing for the new yorker the new yorker thing was actually uh that was just pure luck i think uh one of the editors emma allen had been following me on twitter and reached out to ask if i wanted to write something and then uh i i pitched something to her at one time and i did i was just kind of like i don't know if i'm in love with this idea anymore and then i just waited for uh, like a year mm-hmm. and i was like oh i have another idea and i pitched it to her and then she was like cool i love it and i just got lucky with that that's uh, awesome so that was just not just but that was because of your twitter yeah I, I feel funny enough i feel like most of my successes in life like writing wise career rising relationship wise have mm-hmm. just been because of twitter it's crazy it's, for a tw- it's so it's so apropos of a 22 year old it really is <laughs> as much as i'm like i'm an old guy it's like well my entire life is because of the internet mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah so relationships too yeah uh my girlfriend uh i met her because 
uh, so this is a crazy story. We, she was, uh, hanging out with a friend of mine who I had known just over the internet, like, like through Vine, which I got into because of Twitter. And, uh, she, like, they were on Snapchat and, uh, messaging me being like, I'm hanging out with someone who, uh, loves Gilmore Girls. And I was like, show them my, show them the podcast. And then I started jokingly trash talking Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and, uh, she found me on Twitter and DM me and was like, please stop ruining Gilmore Girls for me. <laughs> and I didn't know, I didn't know that it was the same person. So I was just like, I don't know what I did. I'm so sorry. And I like DM'd her and she was like, oh, no, I'm, I was just joking. It's fine. And then we like kept talking for a while. And like months later, she told me she was going to be down in San Diego for a funeral. I was like, oh, Oh, I'm so sorry. That sounds awful. It's like it's really not. I go through funerals all the time. I was like, that's what? very w- <laughs> yeah. That was my reaction. But uh, we kept joking. I was like, I'm gonna take a train down there. Like we should hang out. And she's like, Oh, you should. It'll be a fun funeral. And then she's like, Really though, you should come down. And I was like, It is just a two hour train ride. So I did, and we hit it off. And how long ago was that? That was almost a year ago now. Because it was uh, like when days you after were 21. When I was but a boy. <laughs> um. But really, why does she go to funerals a lot, or was she joking? No, she just has a lot of family that has passed away. Yeah. And I think she has a lot of friends who have passed away from various reasons, but yeah. That all sounds sad. It it does sound sad, and I think it, it's sad to her, but at a certain level, she's sort of just become numb to it if it's like, you know, you do something so often, it's mm-hmm. just how many times can you be crazy sad about it? Right. Yeah. That was my attitude about that kind of stuff for a while. I'll be more articulate. Um, I was... Are you in therapy? Have you been in therapy? I am not in therapy. I literally just scheduled my first ever therapy session because I've been having a very tough time lately, but no, I haven't. Oh. We we will definitely be talking about that. Good. Um, I was talking to a therapist and I was explaining how... Um, a, a situation that involved grief was affecting me versus how it was affecting someone else. Yeah. And I said, the thing is, he's never been through something like this. I have. And she said, I don't know that one ever learns how to be able to deal with something like this. And arguably, like the more you experience it, the harder it becomes. Right. I think I disagree with her, though. Yeah. I think that I agree with what you said, which is like at a certain point, you know what I think? This is what I think. And I'm sorry it's taking me so long to hone in on what no, I think. No, I do this all the time. I think you become used to the cycle of going through the emotions and like, oh, this is where I feel this and this is this and this is how I react to it. But I think when the trauma starts piling up that there is a cumulative negative effect probably. Yeah. So what's going on with you? <laughs> uh, I... I've just been like, I've always been an anxious person, but I think in my adulthood, it's become a lot. It's like felt like more of a weight on me. And I feel like one of the biggest parts of my personality is how passive I am and like accepting of if it's like there's some like I'm not the kind of person who needs to have a win or who is like sticks to grudges or holds feelings in. And I just feel like. Lately, it's been weighing down on me in a way that it's just like I I feel like I got so used to being passive that I don't have any like anytime something hard happens to me, it just it it like goes through me and I don't have anything of like any sort of uh, innate reaction to push back or be like, oh, I I need to stick up for myself here. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I just I feel like in 
in this period of my life where it's like, oh, I end one job and I start another and I end this big part of my life and uh, just different uh, friendships in my life have slowly started dissolving and my roommate's been or my roommate moved out. So I live alone now. And it's just like a lot of factors that I've been feeling of depression have just mm-hmm. felt a lot harder and like it'll just be there will be scenarios where I get hit with something that I would usually be like, Oh man, this sucks, but I don't have any outlet for it. And I just, it like weighs on me in a way that my first thought is I want to go to sleep just cause I'm like, if I go to sleep, mm-hmm. then I, this will be done and I can wake up and it's a new day and I'll have work to distract me with. But it's just, I, I've just been telling myself I need a better way to deal with that. And mm-hmm. So yeah, that's good that you recognize it. Yeah. I, I, I'm just war. I, I think that mel- mental health has always been something that I've cared so much about, but it's never something that I've dealt within, within myself. Like mm-hmm. I, I recognize the factors within myself, but I don't, I haven't taken steps to address it. Right. Yeah. Is that hard switching jobs? Frequent- I mean, that's kind of, sh- that's sh- common for a lot of people in showbiz right. and it's hard. I I think it was harder for me just the scenario the circumstances in which I switched my job just uh I left the good place uh so good place season 1 ended and I knew that I wasn't going to come back from season 2 just because I could tell that with regard to the room I was not a great fit and mm-hmm. I think that the like just there were a lot of factors I don't think I was as good at writing the show as I had hoped. I don't think that I was as good of a fit with everyone else who knew each other very well. And I just think I was dealing with a lot of problems. I, again, couldn't address properly uh, with myself. But I think when that ended and when season two started, I was very happy for them to do season two, but I was still in a place where I was like, okay, I don't have a job. And it was there was just a lot of uh, seeing like people post things about the the show and just being reminded like, Oh, I'm not part of the show anymore and I'm not doing anything. And then Gilmore guys ended and I was just kind of like, I don't do anything at all now. And I, for a while it was just kind of like, I have nothing to distract myself from these emotions and mm. they're weighing down even harder. And then it was just, I'm sleeping a lot now. And at that point I was like, I need to do something before this becomes an issue, mm-hmm. but I have a new job now to distract myself. Yeah. What I was not aware. I, I thought that you were still at the good place. What is the new job? I I, I purposefully have been hushed about it because, very stupidly, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Oh. It's like, it's a very cool job for a cool show, and when it premieres, I'll be very happy to tell people about it, but the company is like the kind of company where they're like, everything is Fort Knox and everything is like they they're very oh I feel like I could probably guess what company it is you could even though that is that is that's probably the description of so many of them and yet I still have an idea in my head the thing is I think from that description a lot of people could guess who it is but I just I I'm just I yeah no don't mess with it I won't but uh I'm really happy to be doing it I think we're creating a very cool thing but I can't say anything about it. So it's just been frustrating to have to tell people like, oh, I'm not on season two of The Good Place, but then also just be like, can't tell you what I am doing. Right. But do you feel better now that you're... I do. I still... There's a little... There's a little tinge of sadness about how my work on The Good Place ended just because I feel like... There's part of me that feels like I should be angry, even though I know... Like, I don't hate... like. I feel like if I'm like, oh, I'm not on the good place anymore. They didn't pick me up for season two. People would be like, oh, that sucks. That's their loss. I'm like, no, they're great. And I love the show. And I'm very excited to watch season two. But I just feel this like 
disappointment in myself Mm -hmm. and like i think shame is another thing that i i take a little too hard and it's just makes me like a deep sense of embarrassment that i can't like i have moments from like sixth grade that i think about still to this day and i'm just like that was the most embarrassing thing i've ever done and it's just a lot of that i last night i was uh remembering something 20 years ago (sighs) when i called someone a shithead oh god and like in an email i was like like giving someone a piece of my mind and i was thinking i was i I wanted to rip my skin off i felt so embarrassed Mm -hmm. One thing I think about <laughs> twenty years ago, I know, it's it's crazy that it doesn't ever like go like there's so many things like that that don't ever go away. Yeah, the one that I always think about is when in sixth grade I uh, went to like sneak up on a friend that was playing trombone and I <laughs> tapped them on the shoulder to be like, ah, oh, I got you, and then they like they looked angry and like put their trombone down and I was like, why are you so? And then I looked in front of them and they were in the middle of like an audition and I didn't realize that they were in an audition. So the teacher looked up and was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you? And I just immediately felt this intense shame of like, holy shit, mm-hmm. what have I done? And I just have literally never not remembered that moment. Right. And yet you were a kid. Yeah. And it was a dumb mistake and it wasn't like malicious. Right. It just was like I was just ignorant to what was I there's no reason for me to feel bad but I still but see I have this thing too where I feel mortified when I think back on times that I wasn't aware in like every detail of what was going on yeah for some reason that is like a nightmare to me the idea that everyone else is on one page and I'm just like not I'm not not, not getting it yeah is that a thing for you I I take it to a degree. I I do have that thing, but I take it to a degree sometimes where I get fearful that I am not completely cognizant of what's going on in like a mental, like I'll just be like, Oh, everyone's everyone gives me weird looks because I did something and I don't remember it. And they are all on a different wavelength because they all remember the thing that I blacked out during like, and I have no reason to think that because I've never blacked out and no one's ever told me, dude, you did this, but it's just like, a paranoid fear that I have of like, like that you're unreliable to yourself. Yes. And that like everyone else understands something that I, I have like never understood even Mm -hmm. just like a base thing of like, Oh, every human does this. And I'm just like, I've never done that in my life. And everyone's like, what the fuck? But I don't know. But has anything like that happened? Literally never. I don't Mm -hmm. know where that fear comes from. I know what I want to ask you. Okay. Could you imagine a scenario in which you didn't get picked up by the good place for season two and yet you didn't do anything wrong? Like, will your brain allow that? I could, but I I know that I did. Like, it's not even like me beating myself up for it. It's like I know that I was a, like I had problems in the room and like was aware of them as the show was going on. But, well, no, but I'm, but I'm saying, oh, like if I, if nothing went wrong, would I still uh, say no, no? Sorry, I'm not. Okay, I'm, I'm with with my voice that I can't stand. <laughs> I'm not using it appropriately. What I'm saying is, it sounds like. Tell me if this is right. You just weren't the perfect fit. Yeah, but but you're still talented. You're still funny. You're still all the all these good things it's just someone who's all those things isn't necessarily going to be the right fit for every single job right so what i'm saying is like will your brain allow that or do you look at it like no i fucked up 
Or did you actually fuck up? It doesn't sound like you really did. I I mean, I kind of did fuck up. Uh, just like one of the okay, one of the things that I didn't address properly was uh, like an undiagnosed ADHD issue that I've had since college, and I just didn't realize how it would be to be in a room somewhere every day and have to like have an intense sense of focus. And the way that my brain processed that is by shutting down, like to a point where it's like. I would be paying attention as hard as I thought I could. And then all of a sudden I would just like wake up, not realizing that I had fallen asleep Mm -hmm. and it would be waking up like while still in a sitting position or like just my eyes would open and I would jolt and I was just kind of like, what just happened? I have no idea what happened. And so I didn't, I was just like freaking out and didn't know how to address that in the room. And like everyone else knew it was going on, but I just was trying to ignore it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even call it out or say like, sorry guys. So by the end of the show, they were just kind of like, you just fall asleep a lot in the room. That's not cool. And I, I could have easily just been like, I'm sorry. And I should have taken steps to address it, but I was just so scared that I didn't. Right. And I like, didn't even go see anyone about it until after I left the show. So I, it was just kind of this very stupid thing of being like, if I had gotten myself help or at least tried to address the issue, then, you know, it wouldn't have been as bad. But on top of that, I think just the dynamics at play in the room were kind of like, it was kind of like when you have a very like a group of friends that you've known forever and mm-hmm. then you try to bring a new friend in and it's like, oh, yeah, you're not bad, but we have a thing going. Mm. And I just I think I never got used to that and I just beat myself down with it. But to what you're saying it, it, in a scenario where it's like I just wasn't the right fit, I do think that there's a part of my brain that still would have been like, no, you can't. It was you. Yeah, that's how I am too. Yeah. Which is why? Why do we do that? I don't know. I think Have you ever talked about that in therapy? I'm sure I have, mm. because I feel like that's such a core issue. Um and I think it especially for me manifests in relationships more than career stuff. Mm. Like I know that m- Maybe someone not wanting to be with me just means, I mean, same thing I was saying to you. Like, I'm maybe, like, not everyone has to love you. Maybe we're just not the right fit. Like, two people can be in a relationship together and decide that, or usually one of them decides (laughs) that it's not right. But that doesn't mean that either of them were at fault. It's just that they weren't the right fit. Um, And I get that, but it's it's always very, it was always very hard for me to not take rejection very like personally but to the point where it was really painful mm-hmm. i mean i don't know people who are great at rejection but i was on the opposite end of like it was a just a, a crisis for me every time which by the way if that's how you are then you're gonna be pushing everyone away right because it's like you're not breezy at all <laughs> i think that i am good with rejection really? in relationships just in the sense of like i have just because I am friends with all of my exes in like in a way that would seem troubling to a new friend, like mm-hmm. a new partner. But it's just the kind of thing of like every relationship I've ever had that ended ended on the terms of like you know, time wise, this isn't right. Or like we I don't think we like each other more than just as sexual partners. So it's just kind of this thing where we like they bring it up and we discuss it in a way that's like you know, you're right about that. And it's not just me being like, oh, please don't, don't. like, it's it's just sort of like a rejection that we agree to mutually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
That's good. Well, then that means you don't have what I had, which is like I need validation from other people. Right. Or at least you don't need it in a romantic setting. Yeah. I need it in so many other contexts. But I also – do you ever do get like feel guilty when people compliment you? I mean, I take a compliment pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that thing of like those frustrating people that don't take compliments. Well, I'm not one of them. I am. I think I'm pretty open. I'm pretty susceptible to flattery because oh, yeah. it, when someone when someone is kissing up to someone else, I'm always like, oh, barf. But if they're kissing up to me, I ne- it's rare that I recognize what's happening. Mm. Usually I'm just like, oh, thank you. You know, Allison, thank you're, you. you're much better at handling flattery than most people. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> he's doing it. No, he's stop. doing it. See? What? No, it just, no, he just. I think he's just being honest. Well, maybe. Yeah, I just had to be honest. <laughs> I think he's just, telling, he's just telling me his truth. <laughs> just had to choose this time. Um, oh, I've lost my train of thought. I was so buttered up. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I was just going to say, I'm definitely that person who it's like, if someone says that I'm good at something, I am like, I don't feel good about it. I'm just kind of like... Ooh, let's skip. I don't want to. I want to get past it. It just feels Does it make like. Make you feel conspicuous? It, no, it just feels like there's part of me that feels like it's a lot of focus on me. And then there's part of me that feels like if it's in a room with other people, if someone compliments me, anyone else who doesn't agree just starts thinking worse of me. Almost mm. like they're like, he doesn't deserve that compliment. Like he's not that. Just like the idea that me getting compliments makes other people like feel the opposite way about me right like that's just always a fear that i have well how do you feel when someone else is getting complimented do you feel that way towards them no like i I genuinely feel like when other people are being complimented i'm like good it's not focused on me right but then when i'm getting complimented i just assume everyone else in the room is like fuck that guy he doesn't deserve it (laughs) what um what are your parents like and do you have siblings i have one sister yeah um my parents are I mean, they're fairly normal parents. They're very much the prototypical, like, uh, like I am a first gen- generation American, and even then, not really, because I was born in London, but just like, I think growing up, uh, my parents expected a lot of me, mm-hmm. but not so much that they would never compliment me if I didn't deserve it, so, yeah. Are you close with them? Close-ish, in the sense of like they're still together and I talk to them often, but I also forget to talk to them. And when I do talk to them, it's like a two minute. Hi, how are you? Cool. Okay, great. Everything good. Good. See you later. Mm Kind of call. And I don't go home very often, so I don't see them. Are they in Texas though? Yeah. Plano. Mm hmm. Plano. Plano, Texas. Plano with its heroin problem that you mentioned. Oh, the heroin problem. Yeah. (laughs) Which I didn't know about until I left. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, it's that and the Dr. Pepper bottling plant. That's what Plano's famous for. I had for. forgotten about that. <laughs> and my dog hails from Plano. Really? Yeah. Wendy's from Plano? Wendy's from Plano. How'd you, how is she from Plano? Um, that is where she was born. Oh. And it's, the, it's, a whole, it's a whole long story that involved <laughs> us getting on a plane and flying to Plano to meet Wendy. And I'm sure you've told it on the podcast before. I've, I'm sure <laughs> I have. And then bringing her back. But also being like, what if we don't like this dog? Oh, <laughs> like, really? Well, I mean, it, we were going there to meet her. Oh, okay. Um, it wasn't like we had to 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 bring her home with us, but I was thinking like, if we don't click with her. This is a ridiculous thing we've done. Is there we a specific were, reason you went like somewhere? Yeah. To- so I have this. I've talked about the length of the podcast, okay. but we had a, a dog before Wendy named Oliver who died very young, tragically. Oh, no. Um, he was attacked by another dog when we were on our honeymoon. My parent, my mom was watching him. Oh, no. Um, yeah, it was the neighbor's off leash dog and. That dog 
that attacked Oliver just attacked another dog in the neighborhood. What? Yeah, it's like a, it's a whole thing. It's a what, whole upsetting thing. What is the thing. owner doing? Fuck all. And by that, I mean nothing. Nothing. That's so They're, frustrating. It's, I know. I know. Especially after your dog's done that one. Like, there's no reason it should happen. Right. I mean, I'm sure you have had this conversation. Before, yeah, right? it's just, it's, yeah, it's very upsetting um, that they are not doing anything. The dog was on a leash this last time, but is so big and strong that the woman who was walking the dog couldn't prevent the dog from just taking off after a dog. I mean, and it, so when the dog attacked Oliver off leash, but now on a leash, but still, if, still it's yeah. like if you can't if control you, your dog, what's the then point what, of the leash? Exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, we had been in love with this dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he died, we thought that all the, like he was a Cavalier King Charles, which is what Wendy is. And so we're like, we have to get another Cavalier because they're the best dogs in the world. When I believe they are the best dogs in the world. That being said, Wendy is very different than him in a lot of ways. And I'm like, Oh, it was just him. It wasn't the Cavalier (laughs) thing, even though they're great dogs and she's great too. Um, so at that time it was very hard to find another Cavalier. And then we, I talked to someone who said that her friend in Texas has a litter of puppies. Like if, you know, is there any way that you would want to go to Texas? And we were so grief stricken by the whole thing that it was like, and, and Daniel had, um, a lot of points on American. So like, what the hell let's do it so we did it um all that being said i and and i love wendy to death i do feel weird that we didn't adopt yeah um because i believe very much in doing it and um i wish we had but also but also with oliver we i tried to have you do you have any pets no i almost just did but finish your story okay (laughs) I went through a bunch of very frustrating experiences via pet finder Mm -hmm. where I would like was supposed to meet someone at a certain time at a place and I would go there and I would wait and then they would, they would text me like six hours later. Oh, sorry. I had the day mixed up Mm. or we'd get somewhere and and then it would turn out that the, the dog wasn't there. That it was at another place. So there was, this is not really a good excuse, but I'm just saying like, I did try. I did try at the beginning. I, I also think like there's something to be said for like, the feel, the, the grief you were going through, and the idea that you were just wanted to fill that yeah. hole with—that's what was same, driving it. Yeah. yeah, it was like we got to get as close to Oliver as we can. Right. Um. So I feel like it's like when I mean it's not the exact same, but if it's like when a vegan woman gets pregnant, and they're like, for now, I'm gonna eat meat, even though it's like against my the ideals. Right. Of this, yeah. Is that what they do? Well, some. I'm not obviously. It's not across the board. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a hundred percent. It's a rule. Doctor says <laughs> no, but I, I think I've known like a few vegan people who have gotten pregnant, or and then have just been like, I I know that it's this time, but yeah. I'm going to eat meat. Right. Yeah. So this new show that you can't say anything about. Now I'm going to ask you a series of questions that you won't be able to answer. <laughs> okay. But don't don't incriminate yourself. Well, it wouldn't be incriminating. I would be- might. Don't uh, say anything that you can't say, obviously. Yeah, I'll temper my expe- or responses. Can you say whether it's a comedy or not? Yeah, it's a comedy. Um, and is it a show that has been on or is it new? It's new. And 
And um, does it have famous people in it? <laughs> Maybe uh, I'm done asking questions. No, it's no, a new uh, comedy. Yeah. Have I heard of it? I have no idea. Okay. I'll I'll tell I'll I mean I can Yeah, off air. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, no, write it down. Okay. This will be fun. Wait, I mean if anyone's listening, I will not write it down. <laughs> I'm glad we took a pause so that I could not write it down. The bathroom was lovely. Oh. Well, well that? that's that's exciting. <laughs> I I feel like I just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, even what you're about to say might. No, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cool thing. And I, I feel weird talking about it just cause I feel like then it's like, well now I want to know or people will try to right. find, but it's like, I don't know. It's a, it's a thing that I've brought up almost every day. Just being like, can we now? But yeah. And so when do you get to? I honestly after it airs maybe like maybe as it's airing uh I I don't know like they've given reasons for why we can't talk about it but it's just it's a weird thing yeah but yeah so humor writing obviously is something you do yeah quite a bit um but you've also done some serious writing yeah uh I I I mean like not often but i have written things just about uh blackness and about even just serious things about media but i don't do it very often just because i feel like that's another one of those things where like when i write it the only responses i'll get are serious and are often Mm -hmm. compliments and i just feel like weird and icky and it just feels like i won't i think it's like a vulnerability thing where i'm just kind of like no let's get back to the goofiness. Right. Like goofy is a very solid area where no one has to think for real. Mm-hmm. So That's interesting. So do you think that the goofy is a def- is a defense? Absolutely. Um it's definitely a defense, but I-, I wish I was better about letting it just exist like in its sincerity. I-, I do think a lot of the times there are things that I feel strongly about and I'm like, I don't want to get goofy about this. Like uh I, I mean and then at that point, I will try to be like, I want to be serious or like talk about this in a way that's not jokey. But then at the end of it, I'm like, okay, now how long can I wait before I can just jump back into being jokey? It's, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Can I ask you a blackness question? Please. Does it feel different in 2007 than previously? Or in 2017? The funny thing is, this is not the first time that I have messed up 2007 and 2017. I think we all wish it was 2007. Right. Uh, I I think that it does feel a little bit different, but for me, it doesn't feel different in the way that you would expect. Like, I feel like there was a weird thing that happened after the election where it did feel like a lot of racist people were emboldened. And I feel like there was a pushback on the other side for people to be like, this is really fucked up. And I feel like that's what I've been experiencing more of, uh, of like the side of people coming to the defense against racism, which I've been very lucky for, but it also feels like there's this weird thing of like before, uh, like in previous times, my blackness was not a factor in the way that I dealt with things or in the things that I felt a responsibility to. It was just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I'm, I am black. But now it's just like in the media that like I take in and create, I just feel like there's this responsibility that I am like, if I'm writing something, I want to have black characters in it. And I don't want it to be like, oh, this character has to 
like this character has to be uh like this character has to talk about their black i mm-hmm. it's just like i i think just i'm at a point now where i have thought so much about like like race in media particularly and just in life where it's just like I love telling stories about blackness and I love reading stories about blackness, but I wish that there could just exist more stories with black characters where it's just that they are just people and not right. Not made to represent exactly where it's not like, you know, like the reason they are this person is because they're black and they have to talk about it. I just want to tell a story where the person happens to be black. Mm -hmm. But then I also think there's this weird thing that I've realized now where I think that, so many people trying to be upfront and like push for more diversity has created a weird pushback against them of like, Oh, why does it have to be diverse? Like, why can't everyone just be people? It's like, well, that's what we want to get to of the end goal. But to do that, we have to get more images of just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, black people and Asian people and like Hispanic people just being seen in the same default context that white people are in media. And I, I think that's something that I've been getting more, aggressive about uh in in later times but i i think that i don't know it's it's such a weird period to be in with anything where it's like if you make something and you are trying to tell a story that is not the default like straight white male Mm -hmm. there's the there's an idea attached to it of like oh well why it's like why are they a female it's like oh well why are they gay or why are they asian and it's just like just because but it's, i that's just the most that's the biggest thing that's uh been different for me i think when you said that at the beginning it seemed like more races more racist people were emboldened is that something that you experienced here or is it more like how i experience it of reading twitter and being like oh fuck yeah it's definitely more twitter than in person i I mean, this is going to sound dumb, but I've been very lucky to have like a tiny threshold of racism in my life. And maybe it's just that I don't remember so many things of it because there are times when I think back to high school and I'll just be like, well, that seems like I should have been offended by it, but I am only offended now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also just something about growing up. It's just like the things that were definitely offensive to me now that I'm just more like like I'm surrounded by more black voices and surrounded by more pe- more people who are willing to speak out about that kind of thing. I sort of realize the problem with things that like I when people talk about what offends them, I sort of start realizing that is offensive and I I start to realize those things and I look back at my past and I'm like, well, a lot of those things happened when I was younger and I should have been offended mm-hmm. by them. So Like can you give an example? I I remember, I mean, this is something that I stupidly did, but I I grew up with a lot of white friends uh through high school and I do remember that at one point we were just talking about the other black students in the school and I think someone said something like it's like, honestly, I think Demi might be the smartest black person in the school. And I just laughed. And in retrospect, I should have just been like, well, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I at one point probably was one of those people of like, can't it just be like it should be about people telling their stories as opposed to a concerted effort to make yeah. sure to 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 make sure that there is diversity. I, mean, I feel like Icky even admitted No, I mean, that. I was one of those people too. I, I I think that it's not even just who we are, but also who we surround ourselves mm-hmm. with. Because I think, 
a lot of people will also be like, oh, not every black person thinks that. I have a black friend who thinks this. And it's like, okay, but how, like, who are the, who is that black person surrounded by? What has their life been like? Because right. I think so much of my life has been, even though I'm a black person, I am surrounded by whiteness. Like, all of my friends are white, and all of uh, the schools I've gone to have been predominantly white. And it's just like growing up in a culture where everyone else sees you as other, but you're just convinced to see it as like a joke and not as a genuine way that people think of you. You kind of go, oh, it's not a big deal. But I think just being like being more in tune with black voices and hearing more diverse voice voices as an adult, I'm just kind of like, it's not, I'm over, it's not that I'm oversensitive now. I just have a different perspective mm-hmm. on how those things should be handled. Right. Yeah. But I also think the, our idea of how they should be handled is also changing. Yeah. Like what you like, because I worked at a magazine where it would be like, okay, we need to get, you know, one of these and one of these and one of these and one of these kind of people. And it yeah. made me so uncomfortable because it felt like it felt weird to seek out someone just based simply on their ethnicity. Yeah. And yet now I see it differently in that it's, it, it is maybe an uncomfortable feeling at the time effort though to be inclusive or possibly to sell magazines to a more diverse group of people which that would be like the most cynical view of it (laughs) i I want to think it wasn't just that you know it's like a bunch of people wanting it's like wanting more people to feel that they're being reflected in this magazine i don't know it's weird where it blends with commerce because then it's like is it just a bottom line thing i don't know but just in terms of the i guess my own view of like how you achieve representations of diversity has changed yeah and i do think like as bad as you know commerce has affected that sort of thing i do think it's taken a shift now to where because capitalism is so strong that it's kind of like, oh, diversity makes money. And it's like, well, then will that change things for the more diverse? Right. Go for it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's a very cynical way to think of things. But if the end result is there's more diversity because more diverse people are finally represented, then it's like, that's a great thing. Right. But I always do think it's a weird uncomfortable thing when it's thought of as like a quota mm-hmm. where it's like uh it's like oh we have three white people uh let's get one of this two of the it's like it is the weird thing so yeah i i don't know what the right answer is but it, it does feel like we're changing in a good way mm-hmm. so growing up um in a predominantly white area white schools white friends etc did you feel estranged i or different i didn't um I like because I still had like other minority friends, but it was still just everyone like the predominant minority was white. And uh, I think people thought of me as like African first more than it was just like, oh, black American. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was more so what people uh, like attached to me as the different thing. Right. But I don't think I ever felt like, oh, no, I'm the only black one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until I got older and then I, I started to, I mean, as I was saying, I started to see the diversity of things around me and then just been like, how have I not realized this for so long? Right. Should we take some questions that people sent in on Twitter? Because Let's they have a it. lot of questions for you. Do they? Mm-hmm. I, I saw the tweet yesterday asking if people had questions like, I, sh- I shouldn't look at my notifications for a day. So <laughs> I don't know what any of these questions oh, are. Oh, good. When Send them in, they're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these 
have to say, I'm very moved that you made the choice not to look at your mentions because <laughs> on the opposite end or the other end of the spectrum are the guests where I'll be like, I will tweet out the call for questions and then people will write back to me like to they'll tag both yeah. of us in the tweet and then before they even come on the show they're just answering the questions what? i'm like scroll up you're missing where these questions are coming from yeah. and doesn't it seem weird to you that i'm randomly tagged in all these questions it, to you yeah that's crazy <laughs> okay ben khan wants to know what was it like living with ben khan <laughs> <laughs> he's the roommate just moved away ah it was great uh, I mean, he's one of my best friends, uh, maybe my best friend, and uh, he was the best dude. And he's the first roommate scenario I've ever had where I didn't, I would see him in the living room and I wouldn't be like, okay, I'm going to go hang in my room. I was <laughs> like, hey, my friend's here. What's up, man? Yeah. So that's great. How's living alone? It's weird. And like, uh, I mean, there was, I've always, this is the dog thing. I've always uh, wanted a dog and my parents don't like dogs. So growing up, that was not a thing. But when I started living alone, I was like, this is going to be the perfect time to start fostering a dog. And one of my coworkers hooked me up with this old dog who had like hip dysplasia and was slow and was quiet. And I was like, this is a perfect kind of dog. Like it'll just be you know, me and this dog that I love who doesn't need to be outside all the time. And so I fostered him. But like about a weekend, I could tell he wasn't happy and he stopped eating. And it was just like he would also shed everywhere. And it, it, I was just like, I don't think this is a perfect fit. He seems really upset. So I had to return him in that. But uh, after returning him was when it really set in that I was like, Ugh, I'm alone all the time. Because it was just like I started like. I would do laundry and then bring it upstairs and I'd leave it in the living room for a while. I do something and then I'm just, I would look at it and be like, I don't have to put these away. Like no one's here and I can make a mess and I don't have to clean it up right away. It just, it feels like a thing where I'm just become like all the things that would keep me from sinking into a place of depression or mm -hmm. of like loneliness are like all the responsibilities I had to another person living right. there uh, just sort of went away and it's, really hitting me hard especially because my girlfriend's long distance so mm. it's not it's, i don't see her every day there are days where i will leave work and not open my mouth or talk to anyone until the next day mm -hmm. until i see them again and it's it's hard but do i loved ben do you consider yourself an extrovert or introvert i think that i am uh hmm i think i'm a I'm going to say introvert, but I do feel like there are scenarios where if I go to a party or I go to a place where I am very comfortable with at least one person there, then I can become like very social and like a, a life of the party even. But it's I think naturally I'm just like I want to stay in. Mm -hmm. Grace Spellman says, what's his deal? <laughs> <laughs> these are all these are all friends of mine. My deal is I'm a cool dude with a lot of tood, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Hallie's comment says, does he still hang out with Kevin Porter or was their friendship just a lie for Gilmore guys? I really hope they're still friends. It was all a lie. I haven't <laughs> seen him since we ended. Didn't you guys do Bunhead Bros? We did. But yeah. Is that over too? We, yeah. It, about the same, oh wait, actually, when was the end end? It was June. Beginning mm -hmm. of June was when it ended ended. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jarrell Smith says, what's his favorite dish at Chili's? <sighs> That's a Gilmore guy's thing. Um, I don't have a favorite dish at Chili's because Chili's is, a, it's a boring restaurant. <laughs> Sorry, Chili's. <laughs> Did someone come out in defense of Chili's? So, so that started on uh, Gilmore guys because I think 
someone said something about how great a restaurant Chili's is, and I was just making the argument that like no one's ever called Chili's great. It's at the <laughs> most like a settlement. Like it's the place you go to that's like, yeah, okay, Chili's. And then it just became a thing where everyone would start going to Chili's and tweeting photos at us, and I was like. I think I know you guys are doing this because you think I hate chilies. I have no feelings about chilies. Right. So this is just weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now chilies is a very big meme for our listeners. Carol Simpson says, strangely, I could listen to Demi singing special guest 24-7. <laughs> Any singing music dreams plans? There's slashes in, in there. Oof. Uh, none whatsoever. I, I feel like even just I, I've recorded things that like as jokes that I was going to release into the inter- internet and I had to sing for them. And I was just like, this is the most uncomfortable thing. It's worse than hearing my own voice. Like singing is fun when it's, I, I don't have to record it or hear it, but mm-hmm. just singing in a way that other people can hear. I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, it, Oh, I just realized that the conversation about babies we had was before we turned on the mics. Oh, yeah. Um, but if you're interested in singing, that won't be recorded and is not for an audience except for an audience of just tiny people. <laughs> I recommend having a baby Yeah, because you end up singing so much. It's constant. <laughs> it's just I'll expected of all it. mothers. Uh, it'd be a weird reason to have a baby for if sure. you weren't planning on it. Otherwise I could sing to other people's babies. It's like a service. You could, yeah. you should do that. Harmony Barnard says, eek, love him. What was his favorite thing that came out of or happened during or because of the Gilmore Guys podcast? Hmm. I I mean, just one of the best things that happened through Gilmore Guys is so many of the people we got to meet. Like, I, I had met a lot of the people that were my favorite before, but even just there are so many people that I became actually good friends with because they came on the podcast or there are people who, like, I'd considered my heroes and just to have them on the show for, like, three hours, I was like, this is the dream. Like, uh, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to write for The New Yorker is because Megan Amram has mm-hmm. written pieces for The New Yorker that kill me and she's like my favorite writer ever and just to have her on the show and to just laugh with her for like three hours twice was like a dream come true so just the guests that we had were always great and then one of the moments i'll never forget that happened because of it outside of the show was uh we had to go to or not had to go to we were invited to a fan festival for gilmore girls in connecticut and they invited us up there and we got to hang out with a lot of the cast that we'd met before and there was a a part at which uh we were hanging in like their headquarters that they had set up and uh, i was just playing the piano for fun and Liz Torres, who plays Miss Patty on the show, had come in and she's like, she's such a fun, like, she tells such great stories and is like a genuine raconteur and is like brassy and like bossy sometimes in a very fun way. But like, she saw me playing piano and she was like, you're doing it all wrong. She sat next to me, <laughs> sat down and was like moving my fingers and trying to teach me how to play piano uh-huh. properly. And then I was like doing scales for her and like as if she was a piano teacher. And I was like, you're a dance teacher in the show and now I'm getting a lesson from you. And just there's a video video of it where i'm beaming the entire time and i was just like this is so crazy i love it but and you guys were in one of the new the that too yeah stars we, the what, what is return to stars hollow what's it or called? just i mean they call it a year in the life yeah yeah just getting to do a cameo how did that happen it was genuinely just because uh people i think it's because people had started like just tweeting like oh god i hope they're in the new series and we're like we're not going to be in the new series <laughs> And then uh, we had had a connection with Netflix just because they were trying to do promotional things for the show. And at one point they reached out just like, hey, are you guys free this day? Uh, Amy and Dan would love to have you on the show to do a cameo. And we were like, 
yeah, absolutely. And I like took the day off work and just went to Warner Brothers and sat there all day just waiting for whatever we were going to do. And even just having it be that we were sitting in the background of a scene was great. Uh, like the directors were so wonderful to us and uh, just messing around. And we got to talk to Lauren Graham finally. It was just the, this cool thing of like the best case scenario of hosting this podcast is getting to be a part of the universe. And the best case scenario of getting to be a part of the universe is that everyone is really cool. Right. So it was just a, like a total dream. A year in the life becoming a reality. Did that have anything to do with your podcast? I insist. No. And like none of the creators have ever said yes. Mm -hmm. So I am fully uh, fine with that conclusion, but a lot of people do say that like, there was a swell in uh, viewership because of our podcast and like between us and the fan festival, a lot of people were back on Gilmore Girls and it became this big zeitgeisty thing and they decided to bring it back. But I, I honestly think that like it was just the timing was perfect. Right. Yeah. But maybe, but maybe it was sort of a <laughs> proof of concept that there's a ton of interest in the show still. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I'm trying to even imagine if I had a Facts of Life fan podcast. Do it. And then that, that, that caused it to come back. And then you get to be in the girls' home for Oh, an my episode. God! Do it! In the girls' home. <laughs> Was there a name for the girls? Eastland. Eastland. Yeah, but, I mean, I, but I'm just wondering, like, are they in a home at this point? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Who knows? Well, it could be, like, a, a reunion, and, like, Eastland is shutting down. They have to get money to raise it back together. Or That like... actually was. Oh, really? <laughs> that was the final episode <laughs> of... Or like the first episode of what was going to be a spinoff that mm. didn't uh, th that got uh, canceled. But yeah, Blair ended up buying Eastland for ah. for those reasons. I think. Well, I think maybe, it was Blair. What if it's like uh, like the teacher, the not teachers, the the whoever works at Eastland goes like or quits because of something that happens there, and Blair needs help. And so she calls the girls. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in both. Start the podcast. Yeah, I know. I know. You it's can call it the casts of life. Oh, it's been suggested to me so many times and I'm I'm on board. But it would be better if Facts of Life was on Netflix or something like That's that. That's true. It yeah. is on Netflix in Canada. Oh. So maybe Do I should Canadian move there. Show. Yeah. We uh, That was a big thing when we uh, moved on to do Bunhead Bros is that like it's only available on Freeform, and Freeform is only available in the U.S. Right. So it's like anyone outside of the U.S. just had to listen and not know what we were talking about. I'm going to offend some people with the following statement. I've never seen Bunheads. Mm -hmm. And I don't... It's about ballet. Yeah. Sutton Foster? Yes. All right. I feel like that's all I need to know. You're not going to offend anyone. I think like most of us doing Bunhead Bros was us agreeing that it isn't a very good show. Oh, okay. <laughs> and just trashing it. But that was fun. Jeff Long says, I want to know how he feels about Ted Danson and Kristen Bell. Uh, they are the sweetest people alive. Like I don't even have like a secret like actually story about them. <laughs> it, it was like I was starstruck just but like I'm not a person that gets starstruck usually unless it's a scenario in which I'm like. I can't believe that I'm doing a celebrity thing, but uh, just Ted Danson is one of the uh, kindest, smartest people, and he, the only time I ever got to, like, talk to him was the day of the Democrat National Convention, 
where he was like shooting scenes and then had to go to like be at the convention. And he was talking in a way that I was just like, you're so articulate and everything you say is just so smart. I love you. And uh, <laughs> Kristen Bell is like the kindest woman alive. I, I remember I was like looking, I was very anxious on set and just like sort of just trying to stay out of the way, even though it was like the episode I wrote. And she would like go out of her way to just be like, this is so great. I like what you did. This is fantastic. Wow. And I, I think she could tell I was nervous and just was trying to be nice. So they're both fantastic people. Which was the episode you wrote? Uh, episode, oh, now I've forgotten, uh, 10, which is uh, titled Chidi's Choice. Mm. Victoria Dean says, where does he see himself in five years professionally and personally? Love a bunhead. Oh, I, hmm. I, I think in five years, it, I would love to have written a movie that gets produced in some way. Like, that's a, that's a big thing for me right now. Like, I have one show that I have written and, like, worked on for a while, and I just am trying to, like, get it down to a place where I'm confident about it in every respect. But it's also just, like... I, I have, like, an entire notepad where it's just, I'll carry it around with me, and every time I think of a new idea for, like, two of these specific movies I've been writing, I will write it in and then just start, like, organizing it into an outline. I'm just like, I want to turn this into a script and stop thinking about it so mm-hmm. much when I walk around. But I just, the idea of, like, in five years being, like, I have a credit for a movie that I made that people have seen and they liked it or at least didn't hate it uh, would be a dream for me. Zachary J. Luna says, what's Demi's favorite snack food? Ooh, ooh, favorite snack food. I should know this. I feel like I snack a lot. It's probably cereal if I'm being realistic. But the cooler answer is, oh, you know what? I, I actually, one of my favorite snack foods is just apples. Just like crisp red Braeburn apples. I will go to like Trader Joe's and just get as many apples as I can. And like, like, cause it's so close to my house. I'll just walk down there if I want apples and bring them back. Red Brayburn is where you go with, with these these apples. They're the crispest. (gasps) Oh my God. What are the, what if you had said like pineapple? I, I, (laughs) (laughs) wait, did you have this in your pocket? Yeah, I did actually. <laughs> what, is this your apple? Yeah, you can have it if you want. I'm, well, it's I'm a not, jazz I, apple. Have you had jazz apples? I love jazz apples. Uh, I joke that they're apples with weed in them because oh, they're good ones. Um, but no, please, I'm not because I can't eat it on air. So this is all yours. Okay, but thank you. I'll just leave it here if it uh, tickles your fancy. Okay. <laughs> if you hear a crunching, you guys know that I got snackish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't a great bit for me, but when you have an apple in your pocket, no, I think it's I a guess great it is. bit. Yeah. They love apples. You gotta pull it out. This is another I, reason we gotta make it. I wish you'd video. been like, how do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> I just did this come up on the podcast or did this come up in no, it came up in real life. What? Um I think honey crisp apples are overrated. And I don't care who knows. I Daniel is sucking honey crisp apples dick. And <laughs> He's very into them and will hear nothing of them being overrated. I feel like even though I love apples, when it comes to like different types, I know like three types and it's either based on the color or the fact that I get them so many times. But I is our honey crisp just like very crisp, very sweet apples. 
According to Daniel, yes. They're very, they're very crisp, they're very sweet, and they're very juicy. They, that just tastes like a regular like, apple to me. But well, then you're eating some good apples. But they're pretty, they're pretty excessively sweet. That is my complaint with them. Ah. See, and I like excessively sweet, but when I had a bite of a Honeycrisp, I just thought, this just tastes like an... Like, I don't, I'm not over the moon like I feel like I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I feel like I'm supposed to have a physical reaction as if I have a mouthful of Pop Rocks in my mouth. How about Macintosh? I think Macintosh is an excessively superior apple. I'm not really? sure what, yeah. what what is a Macintosh. Uh, it's a kind of apple. <laughs> no, but what color is it? <laughs> it's red. red it's like right. red, and I think it might have a little bit of orange or yellow or green. Hmm. Here's what I'll say: Granny Smiths too sour. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I too went sour. through a Granny Smith phase. Yeah, I, I think I've never liked green apples. I don't. I'm know okay. Why. Really, Golden Delicious are fairly. They go down sort of easy. Yeah. What's the one? Oh, Red Delicious. Red Delicious. Red Delicious have taken a beating on this show. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? For for potential mealiness. You, I think Red Delicious. Like? I think Red Delicious is what started my love affair with the apple, and then I graduated to Brayburn when I was like, "This is this is a man's right. apple." Mm, right. Sort of like when you're like skiing is now boring for me. I'm going to try snowboarding. Sure. I've never done either, but well, if you do, it's just like your apple trajectory. Ah. Maybe I'll just skip straight to snowboarding. And hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> You'll show them. All this talk of snacks, there's something I feel like we have to hear. Just the short one. Snapchat. We talk about snacks enough. That Snapchat. There's other things we talk about frequently, too. And what? we have like a lot of things we can play if we talk about those. I do have... Crapchat. Crapchat. Yeah, just any sort of... But also... Barf chat. Oof. A lot of... Fart chat. That's what I was thinking <laughs> of, yeah. Poo chat. Brain chat? <laughs> poo. Oh, poo chat. My coworkers have so many poo stories, and I feel sad that I have none. Like, I don't... Like, so many people have stories where it's like, I pooped myself, or I had to poo, and I ran, and I was just like, I don't think I have ever had a scenario like that. Your coworkers sound amazing. Yes, they are. <laughs> I love them, and I cannot tell you their names. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but in, the, in terms of snack chat, I did sign up for a snack delivery service just because I got so sick of going to the grocery store just for snacks mm-hmm. so that's a how's thing. it working out for you it's it's good but they so it's nature box and are they a sponsor on the show the, uh not not currently okay i love nature box but they used to do it in a way where it was like you pay a certain thing a month you select a few snacks and they get sent to you on a regular schedule and now it's like you pay less a month and then you pay per snack and it's like you have to go back and reorder and i was just like oh i liked it when it was just like an automatic setup thing but the snacks are good, so I can't complain. Nature Box, I love you. Jim Livio says, Why can't I be happy and appreciate the things I have and not feel bitter over what I don't have? Also, what is your favorite color? I think that... it. I, I do think it's like an, a natural feeling to... It's not like a feeling of malice for whoever has that thing, but it's just sort of an unfulfillment in... I think material, like the concept of materialism is something that has ruined man in that, like knowing that we can have more things is just mm. kind of like, well, why don't I? And I want to say blue. I think I like blue. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, is there like a, some, is it between blue and something else? It, I mean, it's definitely either red, blue, or green. Uh, I, I think That's there was- so much range. I know. I It's- Actually, it's definitely not green. I think green is a little too... Because there are shades of green that I'm just like, that's disgusting. But Like the yellowier ones? Yeah. 
right. I, I think it's blue, like a light, like I'm not doing this. Actually, it definitely is blue because I remember I talked about it on the podcast before and it's almost that exact shade of blue that is on the shirt on that wall. Oh, like a turquoise. Yeah. Like a lighter blue that's sort of like an aqua or a turquoise. Well, now you know. Now I know. Imagine an apple that color, though. It sounds disgusting, but I bet I'd bite into it and just feel like I've died and gone to heaven. Right. Um, Let's do Just Me or Everyone. But first, I want to say, you guys, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. Um, And leave a nice comment. I guess actually what other people say, the more succinct way is they just say, what, click, rate, subscribe. Right? Have you heard that? Rate, I, subscribe. I feel like there's there's like a little snappy thing they say as opposed to my sort of long-winded like, hey, a nice comment would be great if you feel it. You know? I feel like I've never heard that. I don't know. Oh, really? I don't, I don't think I listen to enough podcasts despite having made a podcast. Yeah. More than one podcast. That is true. <sighs> and rate also, and subscribe. I feel like there's nothing. I feel like it's click, rate, and subscribe. But, okay. oh, no, no, no. It's rate, comment. Ah. And subscribe, comment, rate, subscribe, subscribe, rate, comment. It's whatever order you want. Yeah, but that's what it is. Okay. Do all three. Yes. Also, I'm on, on, I am on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. It is super fun. Um, there's different reward levels, so you can get extra bonus episodes. You can get access to an interactive live video stream. You can get merch in the mail. You can get so much access to me. You'll you'll want to pay to make it stop. It's <laughs> unreal there's a separate patreon for that <laughs> that's right just to make it go there's a level where i'll leave you alone <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash allison rosen okay let's do just me or everyone sometimes i ponder on something i have thought or done is it just me or everyone i love right. your jingles Thank you. Those are courtesy of uh, Tom Rapp, a.k.a. Trap Dog. Megan says, it is, it is a very satisfying joy to witness someone cracking up who doesn't laugh easily or frequently. Hashtag my dad. Hashtag just me or everyone. I think everyone appreciates when yeah. you get someone who's not an easy laugh to laugh. Absolutely. That being said, it also feels really good to be around someone who laughs easily and generously. Mm-hmm. I get criticized for not laughing at things a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. You're that guy. I, it's never on purpose. I just, I think that for me, it's like I, I mostly laugh at things that catch me off guard more than things that I'm like, that is funny. Like I'll watch a TV show and call it one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But if it doesn't, like if I'm expecting a lot of it or if I see it as a comedy and I'm going into it being like time to laugh, then I, I won't laugh a lot. Mm. How do you feel about musicals? I so I up until last year had never seen a musical and then I I know and then I went to New York and I just saw like a string of musicals and I came back being like I think I like musicals but they have to be very specific because I I was also like uh, so I saw Spring Awakening and I was Mm -hmm. like this is really good and then I saw Hamilton and I was like this is pretty good and then (laughs) I I don't remember what else that I had seen but I was just kind of like that was all right and I, I think just with each of them there was a point at which i was like i know exactly what point of a musical i don't like and it's when it like everyone leaves the stage and it's just one person singing like a ballad i'm always just like mm, cut this <laughs> i want more fun parts of a musical right you want the spectacle it sounds yeah. like 
And then when I went to see School of Rock, I was like, this is the best musical I've ever seen. But I think that was partially just like, it just felt like being at a rock concert, mm-hmm. which I love. So your assessment of Hamilton was that it was pretty good? Well, I, had, I haven't seen it. I had already been listening to the soundtrack mm-hmm. forever. And part of the reason I went to New York, I was like, I have a week. It's Thanksgiving. I'll go do some fun things. And also I'll see Hamilton. And so I was just kind of like... I was already like, I love all the music. And then just seeing the staging, I was just kind of like, it's good staging, but I am already in love with the music. So it just adds a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Lin-Manuel? I did. Wow. You're lucky. Jenny Zielinski says, when I am alone and I sneeze, disappointed when I'm not blessed by someone and still say, excuse me. I'm pretty okay with it. I don't. Yeah. In fact, I think when people do say, excuse me, I'm not expecting it. And I'm always just like, or when people say bless you, I'm always just like, oh, weird. My thing is, if you're on the wind up to a sneeze, I feel like I'm doing a Seinfeld bit. I don't think this is though. <laughs> if you're going, uh, you know, you're about to sneeze and then someone sneaks in a bless you. For me, it like makes my sneeze go away. Oh, yeah? But does it not go away in a like, I no longer need to sneeze, but just, it just pushed in a frustrating, like, yeah. the sneeze needs to come out and now it, it got stuck. And I don't understand why that is. It's weird. I don't know. The, the worst thing about a sneeze is when it doesn't come, like right. when it's just like, even when you don't feel like you need to sneeze anymore, it just feels like you want to get it out. It's just taking your face hostage. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, very... Oh, no. It was on on the last Thursday show we, we recorded, I think. I said... I, I was like, I'm going to sneeze. And I thought, that was seamless. <laughs> it was like, I announced it. I performed. <laughs> it was fast. The perfect you sh- sneeze. <laughs> exactly. I heard a very interesting question. Uh, I don't know how recently this was, but it, someone was like, if you never sneezed again, how long would it take until you were like, that's weird? Like, and like if right. no one told you and you never sneezed again, how long would would you be like, when's the last time I sneezed? I feel like I could go like 50 years before yeah. I would. <laughs> I would never uh, Yeah. That would be like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, like Unbreakable. Yeah, and how Bruce Willis's character—it's never occurred to him that he's never gotten sick or hurt yep. until he's fifty years old. Right? You'd be on your deathbed. You'd be like, "I haven't sneezed in forty-five years. <laughs> it never occurred to me." And doctor's like, "Yeah, that's not something that happens to you. Oh, die." There's got to be people who don't sneeze. I would right? think so, but there's no way to prove it. Right. Right. Because you'd have to shadow the person for, for a long their, time, yeah. the rest of their life. For a sample size of one, Steven says, I howl with rage when a marketing link takes me to a video only post or to a list that's, that's sli- side slideshow and not scrolling. I, I don't howl with rage, but I get frustrated. I, yeah, I, I will just not look, like, even if it's something that's yeah. like, you know, Dimmy's going to like this. I'm just kind of like, I don't want to. Same. I don't have, even if it's just like a two minute video, I'm like, come on, I read quickly. Yeah. And if there's not a like option to see all of them on one page, yes. I will not. Because at that point, it also just feels like they're just trying to get a lot of clicks out of well, me. Well, they I'm are. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's just like the third one's going to be an ad yeah. or the second oh, one. Y- yeah. Once they break it up and it's like, yeah. Right. No, thank you. John Schember says, started washing my belts because I only touch it in the bathroom and I'm a neurotic germaphobe freak. Oh, I don't think I've ever washed a belt. How would you even wash a belt? I don't know. But now that I'm thinking about it, it just feels like something that we should be washing. Right. It is apparel. Weird. But then you don't wash your shoes. 
I feel like we should wash our shoes, though. Maybe we should. Although I don't. Yeah. Jeff, belt washing? I have a cloth belt that I'll throw in the wash every now and then. Yeah. Just because it'll be on a pair of pants and I'm going to wash a pair of pants. I go, I'll throw the belt in with it. But I have a yeah. leather belt that I wear. I've worn for a l- I mean, 40 years <laughs> since, since I last sneezed. Maybe a decade. <laughs> maybe a decade I've had this belt. No, there's, I've never washed it. There's no yeah. way. But yeah, you touch it every time you go to the bathroom. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. I guess, Interesting. I guess if it was leather, you would clean it with like, I don't know, whatever Saddle soap. soap. Or, say, Murphy's oil soap. <laughs> I wonder how much like disease would be eradicated if it was like, oh, someone found out a way to clean belts. And it's like, oh, well, that's weird. That's how everyone's been getting right. sick. Someone do it. It's nuts that, yeah, I don't think about that. Between this and the whole how long would it take till you realize you hadn't sneezed thing? So give me. (laughs) It's like she predicted the honk. (laughs) It's giving me a lot to think about. Rachel says, cannot handle adults referring to their parents as mommy or daddy. Doubly worse when they're in the same room when said, yeah, it makes me feel weird. No, yeah, it's strictly mom and dad. Yeah. I remember when I switched over. When I yeah. I remember that realization that like, oh, cool older teenagers who are probably like 12. That's probably they call them mom and dad, and I'm stuck with this mommy and daddy thing. <laughs> Tony Minucci says, when I rent a car with one of those flip-out keys, I always pretend it's a switchblade when I use it. <laughs> Hashtag West Side Story. I have never done that. But I like the idea. I have a car with a switchblade key, and I do the same thing. Really? Yeah. Where it's just kind of like, I'll, I'll flip it out to no one. Even though it's also like, like I don't use this, the flip out key. I just like, I also have this thing where like, I feel like I need to be doing something with my hands a lot. So if I have it, I'll just flip it open and like close it and flip it open and close it. Right. But yeah. Fid- you're fidgety. Exactly. Wait, is it the, like, like the key fob thing has yeah. a little, oh, Maybe I have had one of those. No, I think mine has a little key. It's, but it's like a, it looks like a key that you'd open a diary with, but I think you can give it to a ballet. Oh, really? And it does open something, but like it doesn't open. Like you could put, let's say, let's say you're transporting jewels as one always is. You can put those in the trunk or the glove box and this key would not open that, but it would open the the door maybe. Hmm. I'm not sure, but I know that you just pull it out. It's, you don't. There's no cool flippy thing. Hmm. I feel like I'm missing out. Well, get yourself a Volkswagen. Maybe Buy, I will. <laughs> just for that. Maybe I will. What kind of Volkswagen do you have? A Jetta. Hmm. Is it fun to drive? It's fine to drive. Fine. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm I looking mean, for fun. Huh? I'm looking for fun. Well, can't help you there. <laughs> Emily, and this is the last one, says, I'm a grown-ass adult and only recently realized that infrared does not rhyme with paired. I feel so stupid. Like, infrared. Oh. No, I, I Yeah, I knew that too. But <laughs> it tickles my brain to think of it as infrared. Yeah, it should be infrared. You know the word ebullient? Sure. I thought it was ebullient. And I still think it should be ebullient. But then I got into a little thing with a, with a Greg Heller, who used to be on the show. And he's like, isn't it ebullient? And then he looked it up, or I looked it up, and he's right, hmm. I think. The word that I always used to, I used to say epitome instead of epitome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was a very embarrassing day when someone was like, it's epitome. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> Do you have the thing where that I do, which is in my head... I always 
mispronounce resume or resume. Not like I don't know which is which, but just my brain puts the wrong, like it'll say, you know, um, some resume loading or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'll, my brain will I'll think it says resume something if I'm not paying close attention. Huh. I don't think I've ever done that or in my brain. I don't No, I don't think I have. Well, I hope now you do. <laughs> How about, uh, Emeritus, E-M-I-E-M-E-R-I-T-U-S. So like President Emeritus. Right. I used to say Emeritus. <laughs> and I, I said it to a President Emeritus. <laughs> I had to deal with that a job. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a thing for the President Emeritus. And they were like, what? That's did, a, this sounds like a disease. Did they like correct you in a way that you were like, oh, no. Yeah, big time. Oh. I think... Um, they were just like, oh, I'm so sad for you. <laughs> <laughs> Empire dresses? Have you heard of those? I think no. it's I think it's Ampere dress, an what? Ampere waistline. Yeah, and it's spelled like Empire. Yes, That's Empire. Their fault. I, I'm not, I don't know if it's just fancy people who refer to it as an Ampere waistline, or if everyone is supposed to. Is but it, in my head, I've always said Empire waistline. Is it like when people call Target Target? No, no, it's not that because it's not an ironic. It's not a like. Here's a hip way to say this. Yeah, it's just people who are are either pronouncing it correctly or being a little bit pretentious. Fashion mm. people. I don't know. Jeff, look it up. I've never heard of it. Empire. It's spelled like empire. It's a dress that has the sort of it's like the waistline is, is high up. I feel like that's entirely on them. Like if it's another word that is a more popular word, name it something else. Right. Looking. Hold on. Empire waist. Oh. Huh. Well, that's a robot on the internet. So I <laughs> yeah, I don't trust robots anymore. All right, I'll, I'll. Well, everyone, we can all do our separate googling at home. I'm going to leave you guys on a cliffhanger. Is it Ampere <laughs> or is it Empire? I don't know. You'll have to rate, comment, and subscribe to next week's episode to find that's out. That's right, Demi. What's your first name again? Demi. No, but but you're oh, Olawa Demolade. Olawa Demolade. Yeah. <laughs> Olawa Demolade. Nailed it. Olawa Demolade. I just want to say it over and over again. Feel free. Olawa Demolade. How, how many letters is it? Is in that? Uh, 13. Yeah. I feel like it should be more. It seems like it should be more because it's, it's weird that it's even longer than my last name. And there's so many opportunities for for other nicknames too. Did you ever consider being like Ola? Uh, I'm, oh, this is embarrassing. Someone calls me Olawa. Uh, and then... Someone like my parents call me Demelade when they're mad at me, but yeah, there there are other opportunities, but my parents chose Demi. Okay, well, Oloa Demelade, thank <laughs> you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah. Um, I am wishing you the best with everything, and thank I hope you. your your therapy appointment goes well. I hope so too. I, I hope just it's not the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I tried this guy, I didn't like him, I'll go to someone else. Yeah, Did but you at least have to do that when you. No, I um. I always liked the therapist I went to. There was just one that I sort of, I felt like it wasn't a good fit, Um, but I did go to her a little bit. But then just recently I got back into therapy and I really like my new therapist. So, um, but I think that's good being open to the idea that like maybe you won't click with the person because then at least you're, you'll be thinking about like, do you feel like you do? Right. But there's, you could always find someone else if you don't. Yeah, that's true. And also, I just I picked someone that was close to my place. So mm-hmm. if it, it becomes a thing where it's like, oh, I don't want to sacrifice convenience for finding someone who is a better fit, right? I just have to think about that. Yes. Uh, 
Tell everyone where they can find you and plug whatever you'd like to plug. I am on Twitter at Electrolemon, and I think that's it. Oh, check out The Good Place Season 1 on Hulu. It returns September something, so watch that, and I hope you enjoy it. And there's a new show, maybe. Just watch... Maybe. Watch everything. Watch every TV show. DVR everything. And then when you see my name, you'll be like, ah, it was this one. Mm -hmm. And you can stop watching the other shows. Good (laughs) Perfect plan. Yeah. Jeff, where can we find you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And follow me me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Oh, no. Follow the show's Twitter feed, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. And... I know I'm forgetting something, but I don't care. Rate, comment, and subscribe. That's right. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? 